Population growth brought many positives to Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley over the past 10 years. More consumers, more businesses, more amenities, but it also brought an increase in crime. How, how are our local communities dealing with that? We're going to talk about that today on the Know the News podcast. Hello, my name is Rusty Turner, and I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I'm your host today for Know the News. Our reporter, Stacy Ryburn, has spent the last couple of weeks crunching the numbers and talking to experts about crime rates in the region, specifically in Benton, Sebastian, and Washington counties. He's got a story coming out in Sunday's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and the River Valley Democrat Gazette telling us what he found. And he's here today to give us a preview. Welcome, Stacy. Well, thank you, Rusty. We've also got a couple of guests with us from Fort Smith who will talk about what's happening in that community, which has seen its crime rate drop recently. First, we have Sherry Taylor. She's a police officer with Fort Smith's Crisis Intervention Unit. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Well, it's good to be here. All right. And also Vicki Lloyd. She's a peer recovery support specialist with that crisis intervention unit. Hi, Vicki. Hi. All right. Stacy, let's start with you. Uh, give us an overview, if you can, of your story that's going to appear Sunday. Well, not to give it all away, but the general idea is that um, we all know that the population in Northwest Arkansas uh, when we talk about Northwest Arkansas, we mean uh, Fort Smith, Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville. Population's increased quite a bit over the last decade. And so I wanted to take a look at the violent crime rates in our region to go along with that. Uh, it may seem like a foregone conclusion that if you have more people, then you're going to have more crime. That's just part of how life goes. But um, I thought it would take it would be worth it to take a look at the the crime rate, meaning the total number of crimes compared to the population. So you look at the total number of violent crimes, and in when I say violent crime, what we're talking about is homicide, rape and sexual assault, robbery, and aggravated assault. Uh, you compare that to the populations at the time, you know, pulling a whole bunch of census numbers to get the population for each city and put them all together, and uh, there's, there's quite an eye-catching chart that we put together that'll be in Sunday's edition. Um, you know, the general idea is that, yes, violent crime has gone up as the population has increased. It's not a perfect line, but for the most part, if you look at the trend, yeah, uh, it's gone up. Um, so then the question becomes, well, what do we do about that? Uh, you talk to different agencies, uh, different police administrators, they'll, they'll, they've, got, they've got some answers, they've got some ideas that they're, that they're working on, but what really struck me was Fort Smith, um, you know, 2020 for the country and most cities here in Northwest Arkansas was a bad year for violent crime and crime in general because the pandemic happened and everyone <laughs> kind of lost their minds a little bit and things went a little haywire. Well, we had the shutdown and people were cooped up in their homes and there was less to do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that happened in Fort Smith as well. Fort Smith had uh, the most violent crime that it had had in 2020 then at least since 2012, that's when I started picking up the numbers was 2012. But then in 2021, I mean, they cut their violent crime rate by more than half. Uh, you know, just to throw out some numbers there, 2020, I had a, I had a violent crime count of 700, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, 704 uh, total violent crimes in 2020. In 2021, that number was 323. So that's a quite a drop. And in talking with some officials over there in Fort Smith, uh, they spoke very highly 
of the crisis intervention unit that um, they had really started to get going in January 2020, a little bit ahead of the pandemic. And with 2021 under their belts, they had a full year of that in operation. So we decided we just uh, go directly to the source here and, and Sherry and Vicki, they are part of that unit. Um, and we wanted to hear a little bit from them about what they do and, and how that might have an effect on the violent crime rate in the city of Fort Smith. Um, that's, a, that's a perfect uh, lead in. So uh, Sherry, uh, tell us a little bit about your job uh, what you do and how that might be different from a from a from a uh, typical patrol officer. Um. Well, basically, um, every morning what we begin with is going through any type of report that we've had, and the highlighted reports that we uh, mainly look at are uh, check the welfare calls, suicide calls, suicide threat calls, and drug overdoses. Uh, we then make a list of anyone who has has their name has come up in those reports and we go to them we go to their homes and we make contact with them uh, and what we do is we try to see how we can help them uh, if it's a drug addiction we try to help them into a, a detox facility then we try to get them into a rehab facility and then we try to get them anything else that they need to help them along the way sometimes it might be as simple as I don't have uh, an ID or a, driver, or a birth certificate and I don't know how to go about getting them because sometimes that's even a money issue. And so sometimes something that simple has gotten them to where they are. And so we start working with, with them from the ground up. Uh, it may be that they need counseling. And if somebody is in need of counseling, we get counseling set up for them. If they have mental issues and they have been taking medication but they're out of medication they don't have the money to get it then we look for other organizations to assist us in getting their medications whatever the crisis may be for the citizens in Fort Smith we try to help them in whatever crisis they're in and and Vicki what what role do you play in those kind of contacts how are how are you uh, how what, what what role in the process do you play my role is to provide support before, during, and after their treatment. It's just continuous support, um, connecting them with resources, and just being a phone call away if someone feels like that they just need a little extra hand up. Okay. And how has your offers of, of help to these folks who are in crisis, how's that been generally received when you, when, you, when you make contacts with someone for the first time? You know, it can be a little scary when a police officer shows up at your front door or or calls you on the phone. So, so how how has how has been how have these offers of help been received? Well, I'll tell you that you're exactly right because we've had people um, that literally will say, "I cannot believe a police officer is here to help me," and asking me how I'm doing and checking on me. I've never seen anything like that. I've lived in California, I've lived in, you know, they'll, they'll mention other states and they're like, we've never seen a police department like this. Uh, what do you mean? Like, so you, you, you care and we're like, that's what we're here for. We're here to show you that we do care, that if there's any way that we can help you and if today that's food, then we will, we will facilitate that. We will get you whatever help that we can get you and then we just go from there. I mean, we, we work on a plan to get them into a better situation in life. I mean, 
it might be from somebody, you know, that's homeless, that has nothing. And we've actually uh, had an elderly woman that was homeless. And in one day we got her a phone and an apartment. And um, so, I mean, you're, you're, we're helping anybody and everybody, anybody who, who, who wants it or needs it, we will help them. But just like you say, we've had places that we show up at the door and, you know, we'll knock and they won't maybe answer the door. And we understand that too. So we leave a pamphlet, we leave a contact card. So it may be something to where like after we leave, you know, maybe a couple hours and they'll call and they'll say, uh, I got your card. And I said, yeah, you know, we had seen your name in a report. We just wanted to make sure you were doing okay. You know, if there's any way we could help you, um, you know, is, you know, we can facilitate you getting into counseling if you need it or, you know, whatever your need may be. So they definitely, the citizens were taken aback um, at the very beginning for sure. And there's still, of course, people who are just now learning of us. Uh, but we've also had family members that uh, when we reached out to people, especially uh, during mental health and or sometimes a drug addiction crisis, we've had families come back to us and just cry and say we never had any help before and we didn't know where to go and we didn't know what to do. So it's 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 awesome program for especially the families too. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like you're, you're providing a lot of help for a lot of people. So how do you draw that line between this, you know, this, this outreach to folks who may be in crisis? How do you draw that line to preventing um, um, commissions of violent crime down the road? Well, the Fort Smith Police Department as a whole, we, we have the crisis intervention unit, but we also have multiple programs that are everyday you know, reaching out to citizens in need. And, you know, one of them is uh, the food patrol we do, the pre-arrest diversion program. Uh, we have so many programs that we try to help the community, try to feed the community, try to prevent some of the things that cause crime. And a lot of that is, you know, when people uh, don't have food or they don't have the help they need, and they're in crisis, they sometimes feel like the only way to get out of that crisis is to commit a crime. Uh, and that's that's what we're trying to stop. That's what we're trying to get ahead of, to show them, you know, contact us, let us know what's going on, and we're going to do our best to help you and get you whatever it is you need. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned you know, finding direct help for folks who, who are in, in, in crisis. So, Obviously, you're connected with nonprofits and and other organizations and agencies in the in the River Valley who who routinely provide that kind of help for the people uh, for for people like food um, uh, rental assistance that sort of thing. You're connected with all of those organizations. Yes, sir. When we began this program, honestly, uh, because it was you know there was nothing out there to to show us where to go. We basically just started. Uh, reaching out to all the organizations and, and we're very blessed in Fort Smith to have a lot of organizations that are there to help people but there's so many people who are not aware of that so one of the main things was getting out and meeting the people see what they provided what they offered and and even here two you you know we're just over two years into this program we still are meeting organizations now that have found out about us and are coming to us saying how can we help you help everybody else. And just the, uh, 
the organizations that we have, everybody is willing to help, and, and we're very blessed to have a, a big group of people wanting to help others. Vicki, is that what you found, too, is that a lot of these folks who, who need help or might be in some kind of crisis, they, they just don't know where to turn? There, there's, not a, there's not a way to, they don't know how to, to access those, those, those kinds of uh, programs? Absolutely, absolutely. And just like Sherry said, we're learning every day of new, new organizations that are willing to help. Um, and that's, that's what we do. We just steer people for the help before they get desperate and do commit crimes. So, how many uh, how many officers and, and and support staff do you have uh, on this in this program right now, Sherry? Is it is it just you and Vicky, or are there more folks involved as well? Uh, currently, it's myself and one other officer, Jacob Landers. He just happens to be on vacation. Uh -huh. uh, but it's myself, Jacob, and Vicky. We are the only three currently, and uh, right now we're actually looking at. Uh, in the very near future, hopefully hiring two more officers because wow. the need is great. Yeah, I bet yep. so. Stacy, anything you want to ask? Well, I thought I'd have uh, perhaps have Vicki speak a little more on something that Sherry brought up. Um, I think there, for a lot of people, maybe there's a stigma that the people who commit violent crime, they're the bad guys, right? You know, that's just the way it is, and so we need to crack down on them. I'm, you know, maybe that's one way that some some people think. Um, Vicki, in your experience, you know, when you go um, out into the field and you're talking with people, um, you know, who, who generally are you encountering and how do, I don't know if you could sort of measure the, the impact that you might, you think you might, you and your unit might be having on um, that person and the community as a whole, but I was wondering if you could kind of paint a picture of, of you know, who it is you're dealing with and, and what the, the impact uh, you, you suspect might be. Uh, we deal with all all walks of people, um, from elderly to the young drug addicts, uh, suicidal. We deal with everyone. But um, the most impactful, so my role is a peer recovery support specialist, and one of the qualifications to be that is to have the lived experience. So I am a recovering addict, and um, um, and that's that's where I come in with people who who have drug addictions, you know, um, I'm there to help them walk through into recovery and beyond, you know, and help them get their life back on a, on, on a great path. And I, I would, I would think that with the amount of success that, um, I think that the department would say that you guys are having, um, you know, like I said, we, we, we mentioned some numbers before about violent crime and sort of stopping people at the point of desperation before they can get to a point that uh, a violent crime can happen. Uh, how, this could be for either one of y'all, how do you see this uh, unit scaling or programs like it? Either it could be within the police department or outside. Um, what kind of a potential do you see in, in growing this kind of a, of a program? Well, <clears throat> I honestly would hope uh, other police departments uh, would try to model something similar to us because uh, the need is great in every community. We have had uh, several other police departments reach out to us uh, to try to, you know, see what we were doing and how it was uh, getting accomplished. We've also had a police department, another one in Arkansas, come to a ride-along. So they had members come and sit with us and watch exactly what we do, how we make contact. Um, so 
there is hope that others are, are going to try to do things like this. And uh, as far as our department, we hope to eventually have at least six officers doing exactly what we're doing. And when I was speaking with the department spokesman earlier this week, he mentioned uh, uh, he also you know, he talked about you guys and he also talked about um, the way that Fort Smith police officers are trained in general has changed. I don't know how familiar you, you might be with that, but it seems that that's sort of the, the second point that has helped uh, reduce the, the, the amount of violent crime in Fort Smith. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's And along with that, crisis intervention training, uh, you know, became a thing. And so all, all, all police departments are, I think, required to have a certain amount of officers that are crisis intervention trained. Uh, we are probably triple the number that we are required to have uh, because our chief basically wants everyone to be crisis intervention trained. Uh, along with crisis intervention training, uh, we've also done uh, a new training called ICAT. And again, we were the first department in the state of Arkansas to receive the ICAT training. So that is also uh, extended training after you've had uh, the initial training and shows how to better respond to people who have that you may encounter with mental issues who may have a knife or, uh, you know, an, uh, another weapon other than a gun, but maybe a knife or something like that and, and try to combat um, the actions that we may take in those situations uh, prior. And uh, to kind of follow on with that too, and this whole thing, our community relations department uh, in Fort Smith is another fantastic outreach that we have to all everyone juveniles adults uh, they're always you know in the middle of I mean we even started something during um, corona when people couldn't get out to where children were having birthdays and if they would you know contact the police department we would go out there, you know, drive by the house, sirens and stuff, and, you know, take the child a gift, you know, keeping the distancing, but it was like something, you know, something else for the community to, to they couldn't believe we were doing that, and that was another thing that's just community involvement uh, is definitely what we're, what we're about at Force Net. So I, I, I know Stacy mentioned that was, we had this drastic drop from 20, uh, from year 2020 to 2021 in violent crime. And, you know, I think it's probably too soon to say this program was the whole reason for that. But I, you know, uh, do you have any way of, of um, I, you probably don't have a way of, of, of uh, measuring that, how many, how many violent crimes you may have avoided uh, um, uh, in the year of this, in a year of this program. But uh, it certainly seems to be having some impact. We like to think so, definitely. And yeah, I wish we could put a number to it. Um, but, you know, every one, two, three, I mean, every person that we help, I feel like, you know, has made a positive impact and, and it just keeps going and keeps going. And we've had people, you know, we reached out to um, a gentleman here not too long ago and uh, 
the day he saw us, he wasn't real receptive. And then he called us a few hours later and we went back and then he just broke down and said he couldn't believe we were there. Uh, and he had had a, a previous issue and he's now going on uh, six months sober. And he says, y'all saved my life. Wow. Uh, you know, I, there's no way I can ever repay y'all. You've, you've saved my life and I want to go on. Uh, to help others. And this guy that is now over six months sober had been drinking. He's 40, 46. 46. He had been drinking every day since he was 12 years old, every single day. And so it's things like that. And and him wanting to do what we do and what, what Vicky does and come make another impact. It's just a ripple effect. And we just, we hope it just continues. Well, that's got to be a rewarding experience when you hear that that kind of story. So, wow. Absolutely. All right. Well, am I missing anything? Anything either of you'd like to add before we we wrap up here? No, I think you got it all. Unless you have any other questions, we'll be happy to answer them. All right. And if somebody in the River Valley wanted a little more information about somebody in Fort Smith, wanted a little more information, wanted to solicit some help uh, from you folks, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you? They could call Fort Smith Police Department Dispatch and ask for uh, the Crisis Intervention Unit, and they they would have us. They they get our information. All right, all right. Well, thank you both very very much for spending some time with us today. My guests have been uh, Sherry Taylor. She is a police officer in Fort Smith with the Crisis Intervention Unit unit, and also Vicki Lloyd, who is. And I want to get your title right, Vicki. It's uh, uh, it is a uh, su- recovery support specialist with the unit. So thank you both, Vicki and Sherry, for joining us today. Thank you, thank for, you having for having us. us. Be sure to look for Stacy Rybert's story on crime rates in northwest Arkansas and the River Valley in Sunday's Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and River Valley Democrat Gazette. Also, don't forget we've got many other great stories coming your way this weekend. Lorinda Jinks will check in with the Northwest Arkansas Food Conservancy in Springdale to see how things are going there. Check out the new pieces of art in Bentonville that were unveiled Thursday at the train station park. Janelle Jessen will check in on how school districts are getting school children fed during the summer break. There was a meeting last week at UAFS on the I-49 expansion in the River Valley. Monica Brick will tell you what folks had to say. Thomas Sicente will check in with the golf course at Ben Garen Park, which is reporting higher revenue for the first half of this year. All of this and much more is available to our subscribers at our website, nwaonline.com, and on our smartphone and tablet replica apps. If you're not a subscriber, we'd be glad to sign you up. All you have to do is go to our website and click the subscribe button, or you can call us at 479-684-5509. I'll give you that number again. It's 479 479- 684-5509. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it so you won't miss it every week. All you have to do is click the button on your device right now. My name is Rusty Turter, and this has been the Know the News podcast, and until next Friday, so long.